Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. (laughs) It's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us part of your Monday. Hello, Gordon. Hello, Jake. It's good to have you back. How'd it go? I heard uh, I talked to Hans earlier today. He, had, he said he had some fun filling in. Uh, you were telling me you and Britton had a good time. And oh, yeah. Austin and I did the show on yeah. Friday. We had, we had a, lot, a lot of fun. I heard everything went smoothly. That's we didn't, uh, very we, good. We didn't sink the ship while you were gone, so that, that's good. Quite the contrary. I heard uh, you and Britton setting records down there at ARUP on uh, on Wednesday. Actually, I shouldn't say you and Britton, although you guys did play a role in it. I heard our listeners had a... Uh, monster response and actually uh, set a record down there at ARUP. Well, what a what a feel good that is. That's yeah, pretty awesome. That's our listeners. That's that's typical for our listeners. They are generous uh people. When Saving it comes lives. To these, yeah. yeah. I mean every time we do any show where we ask something of the listeners, they come through in a big way. You know that. Did you have to uh, try hard to keep the trains on the track with Britain? He can get he can, you both can get a little sideways from time to time. I, you know, I don't remember whether we went off the track or on the track. It it, it, it was all just good. So uh, I'm a lousy one to ask for that kind of thing, as you know. Speaking of which, it's Britain's birthday today. Is it really? Yeah. Happy what birthday. He, 48? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he's, I want to say he's turning 40. Is he at the 4-0? I don't want to push him over the hill until he's there, but I I think this is the big 4-0 for our boy, Britton. Oh, wow. All right. So a uh, heartfelt happy birthday from the big show going no, out to no, Britton Johnson. No black balloons coming from us. We're, you're young yet, Britton. Don't worry about it. You're so in the prime of life. Thanks to uh, to Hans and Britton and Austin for filling in for me last week while I got out of town for a few days. How was your trip? Well, a couple of earthquakes. Uh, yeah. Did, uh, I experienced that for really the first time in my life. That and was interesting. What were your impressions of uh, the uh, the ground shaking? It was it was unique, not like I expected. It It felt, I don't know. It, it was it a weird. jolt or was it a roller? More of a roller. Was it? Uh, I would say. Yeah, there was the, the, the one, the kind of smaller one that happened on Thursday. First one, the foreshock. And then the second one, which was 7-1, I guess, on the Richter scale. That I think one they was, downgraded it to 6-9. Did they? To, I don't know. It's it, A lot of that depends on where the epicenter is, and it was halfway to Vegas. They were feeling it in Vegas. Yeah, at the Summer League. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, that second one lasted a long time. That was a little disconcerting. Like, what, oh, what, okay. man, this thing's still going. So as it was happening, where were you exactly? The first one, I was down by the pool okay. at our hotel. Uh-huh. And honestly, I thought I was I had vertigo or something. I didn't know exactly what was going on really until it was over. And then the second one, we were just standing. We had a nice patio in our room. We were just standing right outside uh, hanging out because, uh, yeah, we were just chatting with some friends. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, there it goes again. And that one lasted for a while. Did you did you panic at all? No. Surprisingly not. I would have thought I would have panicked. What floor were you on? 
Well, we were on the ground. Oh, you're on the ground. Yeah, we were on the ground. Okay. Both times. But the, the pool sloshing around was pretty interesting. Looking over at the pool and seeing that. that Since you were of... at the beach, did you look for a tsunami? Uh, no. No. Well, the epicenter was... Inland. I was inland. told that as long as the epicenter is inland that you don't have to worry about that as much. Well, it is. Uh, if you've never experienced an earthquake, it, uh, it is quite unsettling. And the fact that we live on a on a fault here uh, in Salt Lake City then that worries me a little bit. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll put that off for another century or two. Well, it's it's fairly inevitable around here. Who knows when? I suppose, but yeah, yeah. I, I suppose that's going to happen. But that that was the first for me. That was the biggest, uh, I guess, biggest earthquake in Southern California in twenty years or something like that. So. Yeah. My parents were actually uh, in San Francisco when that big earthquake. Oh, were they hit. really? Yeah. Wow. That's, I tell you, I mean, when I lived down there, the, the earth was moving a whole lot. And I never did get completely used to it. I didn't like it. Uh, that when you, I don't know. You, Mother Nature's in charge, man, not you. I don't know. Not how, you, not you, not you, none of us. Mother Nature, well, that's power. I don't think there's a person alive that would go through an earthquake and be like, wow, that's great. I wish oh, this would yeah. happen more. But some people, it's just like, oh, again, whatever. I did notice that, that a lot of people just went on about their day after it happened like yeah. like nothing happened. Yeah, but when it's 20 years between the big ones, bigger ones like that, then uh, I think Californians, many of them like to pretend that it's no big deal, but uh, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I was really proud that my toddler did not come away sunburned. I was a little worried about that. Things you think of as uh, as uh, as a parent now, because I'm I'm not very good at keeping myself from being sunburned. So I was a little concerned about. But the that. last thing you want is your little one to be in that kind of pain and not really understand what's going on. I I hear you. That's a concern when you go to the beach. But life is good. We saw a bunch of family down there. Good food. Good Great. fun. Yeah, glad, I enjoyed I'm it. Glad you had fun. But it's good to be back. I mean, nothing happened at all while oh, I was gone. Nothing, nothing, nothing to get to in the slightest. Uh, there was, it was a big day for the Jazz today as they introduced a couple of their newest members. We will uh, we'll talk about that coming up here momentarily. And then the biggest domino of all fell over the weekend in the NBA, and a, a landscape shift occurred, Gordon, and we will talk about that. And, of course, you know, the West gets better. What a surprise. Yes, uh, it's just and look, if, if uh, Kawhi Leonard had gone to the Lakers, it would have been pretty much over because they would have filled out the roster fine and they would have won it all, in my opinion. Now the Clippers have a chance. Now the Lakers have a chance. Now the Jazz have a chance. Now Houston has a chance. Now who else? Uh, um, I don't know if Portland, Golden State has a chance. People are selling the Warriors short, but now they have a chance. There's a lot of teams. And this is fun because this is something new for the NBA. Well, let's get into that. We'll identify the teams that have a chance, in our opinion, at this moment in time coming up a little bit later on in the show. Because I think it's a really interesting discussion. Heard Hans earlier today lay out kind of the order as he sees it. Maybe we'll we'll have a similar exercise coming up in the big show. I, I think I saw Hans's list, and I think he's selling the Nuggets a little short. The Nuggets got stronger. Uh, and uh, they're pretty good. Well, so, they got stronger today. Yes, they did. Making a move today. And so. you like that guy. I do. You've always spoken highly of Jeremy Grant. Yep. And, that, uh, that was a good move. Yeah. So we'll talk about that coming up. Uh, but right now, let's get to the split story of the day, and let's talk about what happened in Jazzland. Austin, if you please. Two guys, two topics. 
Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Just uh, wanted to say uh, thank you to my family and uh, jazz organization um, and everybody that's here tonight, uh, today, I should say. Um, really just excited for the opportunity. Uh, to be, you know, amongst uh, the culture that the Jazz has already, you know, put in place, the foundations that are there, players that are already there. Uh, I just want to fit in as seamless, seamless as possible. I'm excited to play with Boyan and um, all the talented guys that we have. So um, we're looking forward to a special year um, with special people, and um, I'm just excited to get the opportunity going. First of all, I want to thank Jazz organization of, to have me in front of all of you. It's been a great, great free agency in, for, for all of us. So excited to be part of this organization and, and culture. And uh, one of the deepest roster right now in, uh, in the league. And uh, like I say, so, so excited uh, to be part of this. And I cannot wait to, to, to start to play for the for Jazz. Gordon, uh, that was two of the newest members of the Utah Jazz, Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic. Uh, they spoke at a press conference today with Justin Zanuck and uh, Dennis Lindsay as well. A split story of the day brought to you by uh, Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. I, I thought there were several interesting things to come out of today's press conference, but uh, I want to start here, Gordon. Mike Conley's enthusiasm really came through i thought in in his words and uh his he, he talked about it's it's almost like starting a new day at school yeah where he's he's got that that fresh start and that enthusiasm and i i thought that he really communicated that well today you know what i said when i first heard about that deal i think that mike conley will have the best year of his career under quinn snyder and i think bogdanovich will do likewise Quinn Snyder is a master at helping these guys get open shots. And you give Bogdanovich open shots, he's going to make those shots and he is going to make opponents pay. And Mike Conley, his record speaks for itself. I'm, 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 it's interesting to hear veterans with that kind of excitement and enthusiasm for a new project. And, uh, yeah, sometimes change is good. Sometimes change is good for careers. And it sounds like it has been for both of those. Right. For the, from the player's perspective and, I think, from the franchise perspective, uh, one interesting note, he said uh, he, he thinks he knows a lot about basketball, but every time he's talked to Quinn Snyder, he learns something new. And I'm excited to see— uh, Who just, said that? Uh, Conley. Okay. So just kind of piggybacking off what you were talking about, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what that new maybe wrinkle with Quinn Snyder in his back pocket can be to Mike Conley's game. And then on the other side of it, I'm excited to see Quinn Snyder have a point guard— the caliber of Mike Conley and with his abilities. I mean, it, it would seem that with uh, with uh, a brain like Coach Snyder's, that the, the possibilities would, would really, really be exciting. And I, I've done this with, uh, a few times in the past couple months, Gordon, but harken back to how good the offense looked when George Hill was healthy and running it. And it was so good. And he was playing so well. And then that was just derailed. And George... You know, bless his heart, and I think he's done some really nice things. But I think Mike Conley is a much better player than George Hill, and so that that possibility seems really exciting to me. 
when you have a guy who's been in the league at what, what is it, Conley, 12 years? 11 years, I believe. And he says he's learning new things just in casual conversations with Quinn Snyder. Yeah. I mean, if he stays healthy, he's got all kinds of opportunities for assists with this offense, and he will have scoring opportunities himself. He's going to have a big, big year. And uh, as I said, Bogdanovich will as well. These guys are going to be set up for success. And it's interesting. If they're set up for success, what does that do for everybody else? It's not like one of those situations where you go, oh, there's only one ball. If they have great success, then that's going to hurt the success of other players on the team. Not true. I think everyone's going to benefit in this, this, uh, as Quinn likes to say, in this connected uh, teamwork. Uh, Everyone wins. In that regard, and I don't know whether the numbers will be as high as far as scoring totals and that sort of thing, but the efficiency number—that's what I think is going to go up, because we know what happens when Bogdanovich gets open looks. Those catch and shoot, especially from the corner, fifty-two percent. I mean, that's just—that's just unbelievable when you think of that. And he's going to get a whole bunch of them. And I just think, you know, what Quinn Snyder has done with the offense over the past two years, Gordon, has mostly been smoke and mirrors. It's been manufactured uh, using their offense and different techniques and analytics and all that's poured into the way the Jazz have figured out a way to score baskets. Uh, I'm excited to see now fill that in with some talent. I mean, imagine uh, Quinn Snyder's offense um, with, with talented players at all corners that you absolutely have to respect. And it, it's it's going to make it incredibly interesting. In fact, I would encourage folks not to get too caught up in Mike Conley's assist numbers because most, just like Ricky Rubio's, they, those numbers might not budge a whole bunch. But it's how much does he open up by simply being him? Yeah. You know, if he can score twenty two points uh, a night, and you really have to respect him uh, like that, put it in the motion of Quinn Snyder's offense. And how many hockey assists is that guy generating? And All how right. many different things is he creating that might not go down as your traditional assist? Well, Think how many times Ricky Rubio was left open. Think how many times Derek Favors was left open. Think how many times Jay Crowder was left open. Now, if you have to guard those guys. If you have to guard those guys, then guess what that means? Look out. Somebody else is open. That means Rudy rolling to the basket is open. That means Donovan Mitchell has an open lane to, to exploit. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun for Jazz fans. And some people might think we're overblowing this a little bit. We're not, man. I I know the West is tough, and we'll get into that. But uh, this Jazz team, it has – I'm not saying it's perfect, but it has just the right people like you were talking about in the right spots to take advantage of what Quinn likes to do. I was talking to a big Jazz fan just yesterday, and the word that comes to my mind is fit. The fit is really, really good. It, just the roles that they're going to be asked to play and their ability to to uh, succeed in those roles, it's a really great fit. And I know we'll, we'll talk some other NBA stuff, but some other NBA teams out there, including the Lakers and the Clippers, are going to have to massage it a little bit to feel out whose role is exactly whose. The Jazz, there's, there's no question about it. Everybody's got their role. It's obvious to certainly Jazz fans and those of us who are looking at it, and it's a really good fit together. Now, the uh, the, the word Justin Zanuck used today was gel. There's some gelling that's going to happen, but I, th- I think it's real minor. I Is don't he talking think... gel as in G-E-L or gel as J-E-L-L? J-E-L-L? Yeah. yeah as opposed about... to jail? 
J-A-I-L-G-E-L versus J-E-L-L, gel. I heard it as G-E-L, gel. Oh, I think it's J-E-L-L. Okay. Because gel is just what you what guys like you put in your hair. And, I'm not a not gel, a gel. If you're gelling, then that would be like Jello firming up in the fridge, right? Never quite thought about that, Gordon. And this uh, being Utah, Jake, it's got to be J E L L, which Green. I honestly didn't realize was uh, an actual word. Until Lime just gel. Right now. Uh, two two other words, R and R. These are the two most important words for the Jazz this year, this coming year. Rest and relaxation? No. Read and recognition. Okay. Because for all the reasons you just talked about, if there are so many different options at the offensive end, Mike Conley makes a move and the defense responds and he reads that right and gets the ball where it should go, and then that second guy gets the ball where it should go, that, that's what it's going to come down to because everybody fits just like you talked about. So somebody's going to be open. So you got to get the ball to that guy. It's not like in the past where the Jazz worked hard to get the ball to the open guy and then the open guy missed. That's, you're not going to see that happen nearly as much. No, there's, there's shots to be had for sure. I mean, Am I right about the gel and the gelling? I think so. Here's here's your uh, definitions for gel. You ready? Set or become more solid, as in uh, of a liquid or semi-liquid substance. That's J-E-L-L. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, second definition of a project or idea. Take a, a definite form or begin to work well. It's gel. J-E-L-L. Don't make the mistake again. Look up G-E-L. I, and what does that say? Let's see. Not the gel I put in my hair. Uh, a th- let's see. As a thick, clear, slightly sticky substance, especially one used in cosmetic or uh, medicinal products. Now, maybe Ricky Rubio used that stuff, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the word to describe the jazz offense. No, you're right. J-E-L-L. I just never thought about it. Well, now you have. Wow. I'm back for... 20 minutes and I've already learned something new. I love wow. this show. Isn't it just terrific? We need to bring back the Monson word of the day. <laughs> well, read in recognition. That's the real stuff. And have the guys know where to take the ball. And this is the first time some of these guys have done it together with their jazz teammates. But certainly the leftover jazz players, they know what this is about. The difference there being that when they pass the ball to a certain guy, everybody in the crowd is not going to go, Hmm, Who could you be talking about? (laughs) Don't shoot! Actually, multiple people might uh, apply to that feeling. On the other hand, if you don't shoot an open shot, then that's worse than taking the shot and missing. Because then the offense gets all jammed up, and that's what happened on occasion. All right, we'll talk about the rest of the NBA coming up next, including some uh, some.
breaking news coming out of Woj. We will get to that straight ahead. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, lots of NBA to talk about on a Monday. We're going to let you hear from Cody Taylor coming up top of the 4 o'clock hour. He's editor of the Rookie Wire for USA Today. So we'll talk to him about the NBA news and, of course, about the Utah Jazz. And then uh, we're also probably coming up around 4.30. We're going to play some highlights from the press conference today. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, Gordon, top of the 5 o'clock hour, uh, speaking of Woj, he did a couple of different podcasts, one with Mike Conley and one with Justin Zanuck. So we're yeah. going to play some highlights from those as well at the top of 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Zach Wilson. You're a confident kid, but it's not like everybody in their dog was after you. You still have that attitude that you got to prove yourself? I always wear the prove them wrong wristbands just because, you know, I've been doubted my whole life. People are always like, this kid's not that good. He can't make it at BYU. He's going to get to BYU. He's not going to play. So-and-so is going to get there. Oh, he's not going to be one of the best quarterbacks around. And so it's just that prove them wrong mentality. I mean, I have no problem coming in as the underdog. I have nothing to prove, and no one expects anything from me, so that's the best time to swoop in and steal the show and hopefully prove people wrong. DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Band of the Day, The Beach Boys, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I got back from the beach. Might as well hear a little uh, Beach Boys. Sounds good to me. All right. What a weekend it was in the NBA, Gordon. Were you... uh, were you snoozing or were you a, a night owl on a Friday night when the news came down about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? No, I found out first thing Saturday morning. Kind of funny that broke in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. I, but when I did find out about it, obviously I wasn't shocked that he's going to the Clippers. I was shocked that Paul George was a part of it. And I didn't see that coming. And that was really the root of why it was taking so long. Uh, Kawhi wasn't. I think I wrote it. Uh, Kawhi wasn't dawdling. He was dealing. That's what he was doing. And he, and he got it done. And Because they, they, he wanted another star player on the team he went to. And, and by golly, they did it. And you talk about a team this offseason. We talk about the teams that benefited in the, uh, in the immediate for, uh, for themselves. Uh, the, the Thunder are the exact opposite. They got 13 first-round draft picks. In the next six years or something like that. Of course, their team is nearly completely disassembled. Yeah, the Thunder were put in a a really awkward uh, position. And I don't blame them, actually, for for doing what they they did. Right, because... Because it was it's, it, they were trying to avoid the exact thing that you and I have talked about as being the worst thing that can happen to you. is They do have a couple of nice players in there, but you don't want to be... Uh, 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 like uh, in that late lottery kind of uh, early playoff situation. So now they've built for the future. But this this whole thing with Paul George that, that and, and Kawhi Leonard, this tells you who has the power in the NBA. 
that I think is is really the big overall story from this free yeah. agency period is that the, and give LeBron by the way credit for this because he started this movement really in motion years ago but this has all been very player driven give um, him credit or blame him well, it depends on which way you, yeah. you look at it, but he was kind of the one to, to flex this muscle. And Kawhi Leonard, um, I don't like the way he did it. I don't like that he, he switched agents to his uncle, which is kind of weird to me. But if you look at it, the guy got everything he wanted. Inclu- everything including he wanted. a championship. Including a championship. He ended up in the destination he wanted to go to. He ended up with a, a championship-ready roster to take over. I mean, he he got out of San Antonio. I mean, he got, he got everything that he wanted. And, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, give him credit. But that's... That's how. If you believe the reports, he called Kevin Durant and asked Kevin if he was wanting to go to the Clippers. Kevin said no, so he had a super secret meeting with Paul George there in Southern California. And next thing you know, they're trying to figure out a way to get it done. And and you hit the nail right on the head. Kawhi was just waiting for the pieces to fall into place, and yeah. then he signs and uh, gets his perfect outcome. Uh, I know the Lakers kind of look uh, a fool in this situation, but he probably would have gone to the Lakers if the Clippers weren't able to surround him with the players that he wanted to be surrounded by. I feel bad for Toronto because it doesn't look like they were ever really considered, which was kind of my suspicion to begin I, with. I saw one report that uh, Kawhi was including in his – Various choices somehow getting Paul George to come to Toronto, and maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Yeah, who knows? I but think the point is that the players, the superstar player in the NBA, gets what he wants. I mean, that goes back. You said LeBron, Paul George did it to Indiana. Yep, he, and now he's doing it here. Kawhi Leonard has done it. He did it in San Antonio, and he's doing it again. Who else? Uh, Jimmy Butler pulled that off in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who else? Uh, I'm forgetting. Well, Jimmy basically orchestrated the sign and trade with Philly to make sure he went to Miami because that's where he wanted to go, and they didn't have the cap room to sign him with uh, outright as a free agent. So he pulled that string. The other thing that, uh, that Kawhi got in all this is he gets to go home. Which I think was a big priority for him. Yeah. And he wants exposure. He wants to play in L.A. He wants to play on that big stage. Not he got everything gonna, he wanted. Not that he's going to move to Riverside, I don't think. But Is that where he's from yeah. originally? Yeah. Have you been to Riverside? I have not. Is it nice? It's hot. But so you think he'll, he'll have a little bit nicer zip code then? Probably so. And Paul George is from Palmdale. That's where I went to drag racing school. What road do you take to get there, Gordo? You take the five. Ah. Um, but anyway, uh, these guys are, have, have a say, a heavy say, in what takes place. I thought it was interesting that, that the Thunder were so accommodating for, for Paul George. See, I'm not, because one, they got... They got a really good haul for him. Well, they did. They did. But those they, five first round draft they picks. didn't have to trade him to the Clippers. No, they they didn't. But I mean, first of all, I I like uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I I think he's a nice player. I think that's a nice piece to go around along with those first round draft picks. Like that's that's a haul. But I I think you hit the nail on the head earlier in the segment. The the Thunder were in a terrible spot because they were an average team who was completely capped out and paying luxury tax for a team that wasn't going anywhere. And I think they proved that over the past two years that. They, so you don't think they were being, uh, they were trying to be 
beneficial to Paul George. They were looking to make themselves put themselves in a better situation. I think in a convenient a convenient situation for them came along. Yeah. But I think if they is, rolled back the same team, they weren't going to get the payback, certainly for their money, and they had to think about doing something. And maybe they didn't want to trade George. Maybe they Stephen Adams was the one they wanted to parlay. But once George comes to you and says, this is what I want, and I'm not going to play for you anymore, I want to trade, well, decision made. And now here's the latest that Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that uh, Russell Westbrook has told Oklahoma City that he welcomes the idea of uh, a trade. Yeah, he's going else. to either Miami or uh, Detroit or what was the other one, Austin? New York is the other one that uh, I've seen today. I thought there was another one in there. The the Heat, the Rockets. The Rockets, yeah. Can you imagine if he goes to the Rockets? No, the Rockets. Holy cow. I think the Rockets would be Totally foolish to make that move. Well, I guess it, actually it depends on what they had to give up. Yeah. I mean, but if they could give from out out from under Chris Paul, uh, maybe you would consider doing that. But Westbrook's deal is huge, and it why is. would Oklahoma City ever do that? So I, another I don't, guy who wants to dominate the ball, right? And is making a zillion dollars in his thirties. So um, wild stuff, man. But the point is that if you're a superstar player in the NBA. You have the power because no team is going to keep you, as you said, Jake, if you don't want to play for them. Right. They can't. They can't. And so they got to get rid of you. And if you have a particular team you want to go to, chances are they're going to cooperate. And there was a time in the NBA when that would not have been the case, but it certainly is now. I think players and agents figured it out along the way that they can flex their muscle and, and truly get what they want. I'm not, I'm not all that comfortable with it. I kind of like the old way myself, but this is this is how it is. And uh, you know, we've seen the Jazz get really fortunate um, that Donovan Mitchell that they drafted well because that loss of Hayward really could have been catastrophic for the franchise because losing a player like that for nothing is is really hard and it makes you look at what Gordon did in an even more negative light because yeah. it was so covert yes. he almost did it on purpose to hurt mm-hmm. the franchise whereas Thunder fans right now they may be a little sad that Paul George is going and maybe this run is coming to an end but they have kickstarted into a rebuild where they're going to have assets coming out their ears and they're going to have options to turn it over quickly if they want to to rebuild it more slowly if they wanted to do that they've got all sorts of options in front of them first round picks right between now and 26. So that's that's the way you rebuild. You lose a you lose a superstar for nothing, not to say Gordon Hayward's a superstar, but that can be that can be really painful because you don't get that value back in return that you can parlay into something else, even a even a trade exception. So let's uh in our next segment, let's put the NBA back together again and see where we think these teams rank because th- this is where it gets fun. You got a bunch of really good teams, and any one of them could win it. I really think that's good. The Clippers are are at uh, the edge right now, but it's it's pretty wide open. I'm looking forward to this season for that reason. I can't remember a season in a long time, maybe 40 years, that was as wide open as this one might be. All right, we'll get to that and more coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I think Donovan is enough with the collection of talent around him now to get the Jazz into a special place. If he does take that even further step above that, now we're talking that it's not an if but a when for next season for the Utah Jazz. We're talking they are a top three team in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. And that's because we both feel that Donovan Mitchell will make that next jump. Yeah, a significant jump which he's capable of. And when I say significant jump, I mean, this guy's been used to making significant jumps. He's made enormous jumps in his career before. This would not surprise me at all if he makes this significant jump here. Donovan has that ability to do that and then some. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at U-Conference Football. 14U Division will allow players the full high school experience. High school rules, unlimited weights, real football. If you're tired of rec league competition, sign up today. UteConferenceFootball.org. Let's complete, uh, compete. Let's play. Also, remind you to tune in to the Tour of Utah podcast on 1280thezone.com. Podcast includes how to train for the summer of cycling and where the best spots to catch the upcoming Tour of Utah. Gordon, let's uh, let's go through the the West a little bit. In your words, let's try to piece this thing back together with uh, with kind of how we see it. Okay, let's we'll, let's start at the top. Okay, and I'll give mine. You give yours. I'll go with the Clippers number one. I agree. I'm going with the Clippers number one because I think they have uh, I think they have good depth, and with Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, they That's might some they there. might have the best defense of all time. <laughs> It might turn out that way. Good luck. I mean, can you imagine having those three able to just take turns on the best player on the other team? Hey, Patrick, why don't you why don't you take this possession? All right, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be getting a little R and R. Patrick Beverly was guarding Kevin Durant in the first round of this year's playoffs and doing one <laughs> heck of a job doing it. Kawhi Leonard, we saw what he did offensively and specifically defensively. And Paul George, we've we've known about for years. It's that is amazing. Can you imagine on switches? Oh yeah, they're going to be able to switch anything and everything. Imagine, uh, imagine you're Donovan Mitchell, and you're going into uh, the the pick and roll, and uh, they decide to switch, and you go from Paul George to Kawhi Leonard. Terrific! This is great. <laughs> Have a total advantage now. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's it's really going to be something. I don't think the Clippers are, are unbeatable or anything like that, but that is that's a pretty solid lineup. And uh, they've got guys like Mo Harkless in there and uh, Lou Williams. Uh, so, yeah, look for the Clippers to be strong, obviously. Uh, and then I would, I, I would put the Lakers, I guess. Of second. course you would. Uh, and, what uh, a the surprise. Jazz, the Jazz are right in there, too. They're all in the capable enough to win it category. I've got the Jazz number two. Maybe I'm looking at it from rose-colored glasses. I don't know how the Lakers are going to fit. And you want to know my number one concern about the Lakers, who I have at three, by the way. Okay. You have the Jazz at three. Yeah, I mean, but, they, they all these are interchangeable. They're all in that could-win-it category. 
I think that Anthony Davis's numbers are going to go down. Why is that? I don't think it's going to be the same Anthony Davis that we saw in New Orleans. Why? Because every big man that's played with LeBron's numbers have gone down. Yeah, LeBron's going to play point guard. Well, he already was a point guard, basically. But, yes, I saw that news today that he's officially switching to, po- uh, to point guard. And Best point me, guard spare, in, in Lakers spare history. Spare me, spare me, spare me all that crap. Well, you know I'm right. No, I'm not. He's the best no, pure no, point guard. You're not right because LeBron has not played point guard. He's always had a good point guard alongside him somewhere along the way. and so, Or at least most of the time he has. So. Yeah, because Carlos Arroyo was awesome. <laughs> He's had quality point guards to play with, or at least he's had a primary point guard to play with in most Once. cases. So, Once. So don't, Kyrie don't, Irving, don't, that's don't, it. Don't be giving me all that crap. Kyrie right. Irving, that's it. Name another one. Um, I don't know. But I think that uh, that he'll do a good job at that. Okay. Um I, I'm interested to see how it fits together. If, if it fits together seamlessly for the Lakers, I mean, they've got a ton of top-end talent. There's there's no doubt about it. But I don't buy Boogie Cousins as a big-time role on that team because I don't know how healthy he's actually going to be next year and if he's the, ever going to be the same player again. they got uh, Kuzma, like you said, Danny Green, Caldwell Pope, McGee. Well, I mean, there's your, there's your West deciding player right there, JaVale McGee. Not exactly uh, the all-academic uh, team. Huh? They they did add a little more shooting, which was fundamentally their problem last year. But I, I'm not convinced it's going to be as seamless as maybe other people are. Now, if if it turns out that the Lakers are, are the top of the West, I mean, I, I suppose that shouldn't surprise anybody. But I'm, I'm not as convinced as others that it's going to be – it's going to work so well. Well, we have the Jazz and the Lakers just mixed in there. It's going to be a lot of fun to see those teams competing. And then, like we said, the Rockets. I've got the Rockets at four. Yeah. Uh, i got the Nuggets probably at five. That's what I've got, too. Uh, and, and, again, all these are – I think the Warriors are right in there. I've Portland. Got the, I've got the Blazers in front of the Warriors. Do you? Uh-huh. I don't know how it's going to work with it. Portland's going to be so thin. I mean, everybody goes, remember when Steph and Draymond and Clay were getting it done without Kevin Durant? Well, they had a, a long bench and a bunch of tough, versatile players that made them impossible to play against and impossible to guard. That's far from the truth now. Now, remember, the regular season doesn't necessarily mean all that much, and Clay Thompson will be back by, you know, how dedicated he is. I think he's going to attack that rehab and be back ready to go by about March or so. Fine, but who's going to play Andre Iguodala's role? The guy who can guard one through four. I mean, Draymond Green is Draymond Green, but he was kind of their versatile player that that made them really unique. But they still got four All-Stars. Yeah. What? What Well, one All-Star is hardly going to play next year. And we don't know what kind of condition he's going to come back in. D'Angelo Russell barely counts as an all-star because he kind of made it in the East. Well, he was an all-star. Now, Steph Steph is a top-end guy. He's a, an MVP. There's no doubt about it. But how healthy is he going to be? How much can he carry the team? Because that's what he's going to have to do. Do you think they're going to keep Russell? I don't know. It, it seems like kind of an awkward fit. 
So maybe he's uh, some salary they can move around and add some other pieces. But I, I don't know how it's going to go. Now, maybe in two years where Golden State can put more of a roster around those guys and they're all healthy, maybe they're a little bit more to back toward the top of the Western Conference. But I'm not convinced it's going to be next year. And you can fill it out with the Spurs and the, with the Kings. I really like uh, the Mavericks' potential. Yeah? Just uh, potential. I'm not saying that they're necessarily a playoff team, but uh, I think there's some potential there. What about the Pelicans? Mm. Young. Still a little young. I like, I, I mean, I like Derek Favors as a fit there. You and I both really like Drew Holiday. Zion Williamson's summer league didn't exactly last a long time. J.J. Redick is, is always going to be a nice piece to any team he's on. So, you know, maybe the Pelicans have enough experience to go along with that youth, but that's another one I'm going to have to see before I really am convinced they're a playoff team next year. So what about the East? Well, the East, I mean, who do you put at the top now? I, I'm not going with the Celtics. A lot of people like the Sixers. And I can see why. So maybe the Sixers are the answer, but they still have a point guard who can't shoot. I wonder about their shooting because that's a big deal, as you and I have talked about a lot. And especially in a postseason situation where the, the uh, where opponents can plan and kind of force certain guys to have to shoot. And... Uh, yeah, that's that could be an issue, not just at point guard, but all all the way around the team. I the answer the answer is Milwaukee. They're going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference next year. But even even they got weaker though. Yeah, because Malcolm Brogdon is mm-hmm. a really good player and was really important for them in the playoffs. So you don't think the signing of Robin Lopez and the Lopez brothers on the same team are going to make any kind of difference? Wesley Matthews, no. no. I mean, Lopez is a tough player. I mean, he'll definitely add to the team. But You know, the most important thing for the Bucks is, will Giannis learn to shoot the three? If he does, if he ever does, he'll be the best player in the NBA. Yeah. If he could, where would you put the mark on that? If he could shoot above, what, 36, 37%? What did he shoot last year? Let's, give here, me, give me a second, I'll look it up. Because it's such a big part of the modern game, especially for a player like him. Because it, it would open up the rest of his game. If, and, and teams know how to sort of look for opportunities to hem him in. And if he can shoot from darn near anywhere, then obviously that will uh, make that much more difficult. Last year he uh, shot 26%, 25.6%. Uh, his career high was two years ago where he shot 30.7%. Didn't he shoot a little better in the playoffs? It seemed to me like uh, he started making a few of those shots. Still not at a great clip. There's improvement that needs to be made. but uh, I'm... He shot 32.7% in the playoffs okay. last year. So moved up a little bit. But he, I, think he, I agree. I think he's got to get up around – for him to fully realize his potential, maybe 36, 37. Right. Maybe even 35. But, uh, hey, if he ever gets to this bar that we're talking about right now, look out. How, you, how do you stop a guy like that? Yeah, you don't. You don't. I mean, the answer probably is you still build the wall and you still sag off him, but if he really makes you pay for that, I guess it's better than him dunking in your face. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's kind of a lose-lose situation, which is the entire point. Are you a big Al Horford guy? Not for the price tag at his age. 
I just now, had, it's the Sixers gain. It's the Celtics loss. I, I, I don't know what uh, the Celtics, how the Celtics will do, but I think most people are considering them to be down the, down the list a ways. Horford, he's an effort guy. He's a locker room guy. He's he's a guy who can do a little bit of everything. You've got all that stuff has value, but I don't know where he fits on that Sixers team. Maybe Kimball Walker's addition will uh, add to the cohesiveness. Maybe it'd be a healthier locker room. We saw what the Celtics did the year before without Kyrie Irving involved in the situation, and Kemba seems like a guy that players like to play with. We'll see. And we'll see. I, I would expect he's a much better locker room fit than Kyrie Irving. But I, I don't know. They, they, Kyrie's still top-end talent, and Al Horford was still extraordinarily important to what uh, Boston did and yeah. who they were over the past several years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not expecting Ennis Cantor to fill that role. Anybody else in this room? Anybody? Mm, no. Anybody? No. No. All right. And Horford was a pretty good defender against Embiid. Yep. And uh, I don't know who's going to take on that assignment anymore. Cody Taylor joins us next, works for USA Today, covers the NBA. We'll get to it straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.